This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Hi, my name is Dr. Lou Diaz, pastor of Butte Bible Fellowship located at 2255 Pillsbury Road in Chico. And I'm providing inspirational teaching for you from God's Word each week. Listen to my weekly radio program, Encouraging Words with Dr. Lou Diaz, at 10 a.m. on Saturday or 10 a.m. on Sunday. If you would like to hear my current message series, you may call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521. We come now to Acts chapter 8 in our series about Acts, the church in action. As you come to... uh, Acts chapter 8, you note that Stephen was the first martyr of the church. And he explained that God is not restricted to a building, i.e. the temple. And that he's not restricted to the Jewish people alone. He's for all people. And that sermon was the basis for what was going to happen next. The gospel was going to move from Jerusalem to Judea and Samaria, and then eventually to the ends of the earth. Let me read a portion of that from Acts chapter 8. And Saul approved of their killing him. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria, Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him. But Saul began to destroy the church, going from house to house. He dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. For with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that we have an opportunity to study it and to get into it and to have it get into us. We pray, Father, that you would speak to our hearts this morning, that you would make clear your message to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Today's message is entitled Persecution, Power, and Persuasion. And that could be the outline for Acts chapter 8, that there was great persecution, unprecedented persecution, and there was power being displayed as Philip was doing signs and wonders And people were coming to Christ, to Jesus as Messiah, and there was persuasion as Philip came alongside the Ethiopian eunuch when he was riding in his chariot listening to Isaiah 53. And he came to Christ and was baptized. So all three of those words can be an outline for this chapter. But here's the question I believe Acts chapter 8 is raising. Acts chapter 8 is raising the question... How do I minister to people who are different from me? You see, a Samaritan was not fully Jewish. 
a Samaritan was half Jewish and half Gentile. And even though they had Jewish practices, they were different. They were half-breeds, and they were looked down on by Jewish people. Can Samaritans be saved? We're going to see this in a second. But how can you and I minister to people who are different from us? People who are of a different economic status, different ethnic status, different uh, job status or neighborhood, or different country background. How do I minister to people who are different from me? And here are the points. We need to get out of our comfort zone. We need to bring joy wherever we go. We need to make sure that our heart is right with God. And we need to follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit. We need to explain the gospel clearly. Let's look at how these points come straight out of our text, Acts chapter 8. First of all, we need to get out of our comfort zones. It says in Acts chapter 8, verse 1 and verse 4, this. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout, where? Judea and Samaria. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. You may remember that Jesus said in the Great Commission, which is in the end of all four Gospels and in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, that we are to be his witnesses. We're to make disciples of all nations. So here it says in Acts 1, 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. What happened was the Jewish Christians, the Messianic believers, the completed Jews, stayed comfortably in Jerusalem, surrounded by fellow Jewish Christians. They did not move out to Judea. They did not go across the tracks to the half-breed Samaritans. They stayed comfortable in Jerusalem. It was persecution that pushed them out of the nest. It was persecution that moved them from A to B and C. You see, the Lord gave them concentric circles. You start in Jerusalem, then you go to Judea, then you go to Samaria, then you go to the ends of the earth, and they were staying in Jerusalem. Isn't that much like you and I? You and I tend to stay in our comfort zones. We like it where it's comfortable, where it's predictable, and uh, we like to stay in the boat. We don't want to walk on the water. But the Lord calls us to walk on the water. He gives us the royal command to get out of the boat, to move to a place that's uncomfortable, a place that is unpredictable, a place where people who need the Lord are. And salt was made to be taken out of the salt shaker. If we stay in the salt shaker, we don't do much good. Luis Palau, the evangelist, says, missionaries are like manure. Luis Palau said, missionaries are like manure. 
Piled together, they stink. But spread around, they do a lot of good. We need to spread along. We need to move out and share with people different from ourselves. And sometimes we experience the uncomfortable. I want to read this quote that says, The next time you are tempted to complain about uncomfortable or painful circumstances, stop and ask God, stop and ask if God may be preparing you for a special task. I think we're going through a hard time because we're being prepared for a special task. Don't waste this time of preparation, this time of evaluation, this time of learning that God wants you and I to be a witness wherever we go. You see, if you were to look at the commission of the Lord in Acts 1.8, you have Jerusalem where there are people who are culturally similar and geographically near. The men and women with whom we have direct contact, family, neighbors, colleagues, clients, and work associates. And then there's the Judea. They are culturally similar to us, but they're geographically far. So those are the men and women out of our direct contact who are culturally similar people and groups with whom we share common language and heritage. But then if you look at Samaria, they are geographically near, but they are culturally different. People, groups who are relatively close geographically, but culturally distant, the poor and un underserved the various ethnic groups, immigrants, and refugees in our community. And then the uttermost would be the people and groups who are more or less distant, both culturally and geographically, men and women who are reached through global missions partnerships and global commerce. God wants us to make disciples of all peoples, from every tribe, tongue, people, and nation, we will all be gathered around the throne. And according to Revelation chapter 5, we'll be singing praise and saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to purchase people from every tribe, tongue, people, and nation. The gospel is for all people, not just for the Jews, not just for the Samaritans, but for all Gentiles and Jews. That's why we need to get out of our comfort zone. Secondly, we need to bring joy wherever we go. Notice the example of Philip. This chapter really focuses on Philip, one of the deacons, a Hellenistic deacon. That is, he had a Greek culture and he could also speak Greek. Well, Philip, it says in Acts 8, verses 6 to 8, went out to a Samaritan city. And the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed. They all paid close attention to what he said. For with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. Whenever and wherever we go somewhere, we are to bring the joy of Jesus. When we bring the joy of Jesus, people want to listen to us. People want us to come. There are two kinds of people. The people that you're glad when they come, 
and the people that you're glad when they leave. And you want to be the kind of person that they're glad when they see you coming because they know you bring joy. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And you bring joy when you minister to people in their need. Philip was ministering to people in their need. Some of them were demon-possessed, and they needed to be exorcised. Some of them had physical illnesses, and in the name of Jesus, they were healed. And all of them needed to be healed from the spiritual disease of sin. All of them needed forgiveness purchased for them through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And when they trusted in the Lord, when they saw God working in their midst, there was great, exceeding joy in the city. We need to be spreaders of the joy of the Lord. Don't you agree there's enough gloom and doom in this world? Let's share the good news the glorious good news of the gospel, that there's forgiveness of sin through faith in Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ came to give life and to give it to us abundantly and eternally. That's good news. Number three, make sure your heart is right with God. Philip saw many people come to Christ. And among the people in that Samaritan village, was Simon the Sorcerer. Simon the Sorcerer had been practicing witchcraft and all sorts of um, um, black magic for years. And he had the respect and the attention of everybody. They said, wow, this guy is the power of God. They were so amazed by him. Well, in comes Philip, and he is by the power of God being used to heal people and set them free from demonic influence and to lead them to faith in Christ. And Philip wanted in on that. So it says that Philip believed. He trusted in Christ and he was baptized. But he had ulterior motives. He followed Philip around and he wanted to know Philip's secret. How is it that Philip has these powers? You see... Simon was not really interested in following Christ. He was interested in keeping his fans, keeping his audience, keeping his prestige, having his significance. And he wanted to learn Philip's secret so that he could have Philip's powers. And when Peter and John came to Samaria, having heard that Samaritans were coming to Christ... It was Peter and John's job to lay hands on them that they may receive the Holy Spirit. You see, they heard the gospel, but they hadn't received the Holy Spirit because apostles had to open each mission field. That's what apostles do. They open the mission field. Apostolic authority has been given to them. The keys of the kingdom have been given to them, and it's not official till the apostles opened it up. So it wasn't until Peter and John laid hands on these Samaritan Christians that they received the Holy Spirit. That was important because it confirmed that these Samaritans who were not Jewish were genuinely, authentically saved. It opened the mission field officially that the gospel 
had reached the Samaritans. This will happen again when the Gentiles are reached. The apostles have to lay hands on them and pray for them to receive the Spirit to open that mission field. Now, when Simon sees that when Peter and John lay hands on people, they receive the Holy Spirit, he says to Peter, how much does it cost for me to have that ability? I want to do that. I want to have that power. Can I buy into that franchise of uh, laying hands on people so that they receive the Holy Spirit and I become and maintain my importance as a spiritual person, as the power of God? And you know what Peter said to him? It says in Acts 8.20, May your money perish with you. Because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money. You have no part or share in this ministry because your heart is not right before God. He goes on to say, Repent of this wickedness and pray to the Lord in the hope that he may forgive you for having such a thought in your heart. For I see that you are full of bitterness and captive to sin. Now, why is this an important focus for us? It tells us that there's such a thing as false profession of faith. A person may claim to be a Christian. A person may say, I've been baptized and I've got the baptism certificate. But they've never truly been saved in their hearts. You've got to make sure your heart is right with God, that you truly trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior for the right reasons, the right motives. You fully surrender to him and say, I surrender all. There's nothing you can bring to your salvation. It's all Christ and none of you. You must believe in the grace of God. You must trust in Jesus who died on the cross and his blood was shed for the forgiveness of your sins and he rose on the third day to give you eternal life. And if you have faith in yourself to save you, if you think you are all sufficient and you don't need Christ, you just tack him on as an added plus, then you may not be saved. Make sure your heart is right with God that you truly trust in Jesus alone for your salvation, by faith alone, by grace alone, by the word of God alone, to the glory of God alone. That's what matters. Don't have a false profession. Have a true profession of faith. And then we need to follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Notice that Philip was listening to the Lord. He had big ears towards God. And it says in Acts chapter 8, verses 26 to 30, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in, the, in charge of the treasury of the Kandaki, which are the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship and on his way home was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah, the prophet. The Spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. 
Then Philip ran up to the chariot, and he heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. All right, so we'll stop there. Follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Now notice that Philip, first of all, heard an angel's voice. Go to Desert Street. Sorry about that. He went to Desert Street, and this is very interesting. Philip just saw revival. Lots of people receiving Christ in Samaria, and God told him to leave that revival and go to a desert street. Are you willing to go where the Lord prompts you to go, even if he's saying leave what seems to be successful to go to some place that seems lonely and deserted? We need to have the motto, I'm going to go wherever, whenever, and do whatever the Lord wants me to do. We've got to listen to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. One day I was driving in Massachusetts, and I was heading back to Gordon College where I was a student, and I saw a sign that said, Nashua, New Hampshire. And I was, felt a prompting by the Holy Spirit to turn and to go to Nashua, New Hampshire to witness to my friend's father. I didn't realize that that sign was pointing towards Nashua, New, uh, New Hampshire, and it was like an hour or more drive there. But I kept driving. Once I got to Nashua, New Hampshire, I'm like, now what do I do? I don't know where this guy lives. So I went to the phone book. I looked under Dan Broder, and I, and I kept looking because that was the name of my friend, and, and I figured out there's a bunch of Broders in there, and I called each one. I said, are you Dan Broder's father? And finally, somebody said, yes, I am. I said, uh, I'm a friend of your son, and I'm here to visit you. I've got some important news to tell you. And he invited me over, gave me his address. I went over to his house, and I said, where are you with the Lord? And I was able to pray with him as he trusted in Christ. That was a divine appointment. I was listening to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. When I told Daniel, guess what? The Lord prompted me to drive to Nashua, New Hampshire from Massachusetts and to share with your dad, and he prayed with me. Dan was beside himself with delight and joy. God wants us to listen to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. He has divine appointments. Notice how divine this appointment is. Philip goes in obedience to a deserted road. A chariot passes, and that chariot has a God-fearing proselyte who's an Ethiopian eunuch. He had been castrated in the service of Ethiopia to be a treasurer in the highest level of government. And he was a God-fearer who just worshipped in the temple in Jerusalem, was heading back home, and he's reading, of all things, Isaiah 53. Is that not a divine appointment? We see that Philip was at the right place at the right time because he listened to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. 
And that's what God has for you. He, he has prepared good works in advance for you to do. And all he wants you to do is obey him and keep in step with the Spirit. And when you do that, you see amazing things unfold in front of you. And the last point is this. Explain the gospel clearly. Acts chapter 8, verses 30b to 35. Philip asked the Ethiopian eunuch, Do you understand what you're reading? And the Ethiopian eunuch responds, How can I, unless someone explains it to me? So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. And this is the passage of Scripture, Isaiah 53, 7 and 8, that the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, Tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with this very passage of Scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. We need to explain the gospel clearly. You've heard of the KISS principle. Keep it simple, saint. That's my little change to that. Keep it simple, saint. I know Jan Breckel says, keep it simple, sweetie. And whatever way you can remember it, explain the gospel. Isaiah 53 is such a clear passage of Scripture about Jesus being the Lamb of God who went willingly to the cross. And our sins, our iniquities were laid upon him. And we have forgiveness and healing through his stripes. Praise God. Hallelujah. What a Savior. Amen. So we need to explain the gospel clearly. Again, how do I minister to someone different than me? We need to get out of our comfort zone. We need to make sure our heart is right with God that we're truly believers. We need to follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit. And we need to explain the gospel clearly. I'd like, if you would, to bow with me in prayer. Those who are here, you can see the screen and respond by praying one of these prayers. But I'm going to pray this, these prayers, and you can pray with me, agreeing in your heart. Just say, Amen. I agree with what's being prayed. Would you pray with me? Oh, Lord, this year has had one crisis after another. Lord, you have my full attention. I am calling to you to save my soul, to forgive my sin, and to give me the gift of eternal life. Jesus, you are the spotless lamb who takes away my sin and saves me. Save me now. My faith is in you alone. And then let's all pray together. Help us, your church, your people, not to keep the gospel to ourselves, but to share it with people different from us. Amen.
Praise be to God from whom all blessings flow. He has provided for us so great a salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. What a Savior. Announcements. Uh, Next Sunday, I'm going to be preaching on Acts chapter 9, and the sermon title is Radically Saved from Murderer to Missionary. Okay, that's next Sunday. Radically Saved from Murderer to Missionary, Acts chapter 8. Bring someone, tell them about the Zoom connection. Do you need encouragement? I want to share my spiritual gift of encouragement with you. If you would like to hear my current message series, you may call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521. Call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521 to find out how you can connect with our weekly worship services and faith-building messages from God's Word.